Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring the famous King Sisters and some exciting moments from the Green Hornet. The King Sisters have recently been on television, and their records continue to sell in the thousands. During World War II, they appeared on many programs for the Armed Forces Radio Service. Here's one of those appearances. They call it that Jersey bounce. A rhythm that really counts. The temperature always mounts. Whenever they play the funny rhythm they play, it started on Journal Square. Somebody heard it there, they put it right on the air, and now you hear it everywhere. Uptown gave a new lick, downtown added some tricks, no town makes it sound the same. So if you don't feel so hot, go out to some joisy spot. Whether you're hip or not, the Jersey bounce will make you sweet. The Green Hornet has been around since the early days of radio and not long ago enjoyed a revival on television, but the impact wasn't the same. On the radio, when the announcer talked about the Hornet and Cato walking through a panel in the rear of a closet and then along a hallway due to a deserted warehouse to the Black Beauty, <laughs> wow, that was really living. We'll create some of those moments right now with this Green Hornet episode that was originally broadcast more than 25 years ago. The Green Hornet.
hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, a daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, The Gas Pen. The Green Hornet strikes again. publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in the city room discussing the murder with Mike Axford, one of his reporters, and with Gunnigan, the city editor. Find out any more about that murder at police headquarters, Axford? Nothing new, Reed. The hired cast the chauffeur, killed the messenger, then swiped the pouch full of papers. The spalpeen had the nerve to leave his seal right on the dashboard of the car. Yeah, sure looks like he wanted everyone to know he did it. Yes, doesn't it? Of course, the chauffeur thought was the Green Hornet before he got gassed. He told Sarge so. Well, that puts the Hornet right in the middle. I'll say it does. The whole country will be hunting for him now. We'll need a good follow-up story, Axford. Uh, go over to the consulate and try to get an interview with the consul. Maybe you can find out just what was in that missing pouch. Okay, Reed. And try to make it back here so we won't be trailing the clarion with a story that ought to be due for them all. Ah, oh, stop beefing, will you, Gunnigan? The clarion don't have a chance to get a beef when I'm on a story. Be seeing you shortly. Hello. Early that afternoon, Britt Reed was busy in his office when his secretary, Lenore Case, entered. These letters are all ready for your signature, Mr. Reed. All right, Miss Case. Just leave them on my desk. Yes, sir. Well, say, has Axford come back yet, do you know? Uh, no, sir, he hasn't. He went for an interview about three hours ago. He should have returned Well, if you by... mean the interview at the consulate, Axford phoned a story to rewrite a while ago. Oh, did he? Yes, but Gunnigan isn't satisfied. Seems that Axford didn't see the consul, and the story doesn't amount to much. Council probably isn't giving any interviews. Axford usually gets what he goes after. I know. Well, it could be that he's just a Hi, lady. Hey, Cassie. Well, we were just talking about you, Axford. Huh. I suppose the minute me back is turned, that's all you do talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Sentinel wouldn't be very interesting if we couldn't find anything else but you to discuss. <laughs> what happened to the consulate? Oh, that. Well, you see, Reed, they said the consul wasn't seeing anyone today, especially reporters. I was afraid of that. You took a long time getting back, Michael. Is that so now? Well, I'll have you know I wasn't wasting the trip. So I asked who I could talk to over there. And after a while, a guy comes in, an attaché he was, and I asked him some questions. Well, what did he have to say? Well, Reed, to tell you the truth, the interview wasn't worth going after. But i tell you just what he did say, if you want me to. Go ahead, tell me. Well, this guy's name was Camus, Senor Pedro Camus. He took me into his own office just off the front hall and... Asked me what I wanted. So I commenced to ask questions. First of all, Mr. Camus, we wanted to know what was in that there pouch that was stolen from the murdered messenger. Uh, that, of course, I cannot say. There were papers of great international importance. Oh, is that so? 
I guess that thieving harnet will sell him for a lot of money, eh? That may be so, senor. Needless to say, he went to great lengths to get those papers. Ah, uh, that's right. Killing a man and all. The chauffeur was fortunate the hornet used a gas pen on him instead of using his gun. I guess you mean the gas gun he used to put the chauffeur out. Uh, perhaps that's as good a name as any. That uh, gas pen is a very ingenious weapon at close quarters. Yeah, that it is. I suppose you've questioned that chauffeur? No, no, I leave that to the authorities. I hope your newspaper will stress the great importance of catching that green hornet before he has the opportunity to dispose of those papers. Sure. The Daily Sentinel's out to get that Spalpin's hide. You can bet on that. Uh, when do you think I can get to see the consul? Perhaps he'll see the press tomorrow. He's quite upset about the whole thing, of course. Oh, of course. Yes. I can see why he would be. Well, sir, I'd be getting along. I'd drop around the morning just in case. Really didn't get much of anything from that interview, Axford. Say, uh, what sort of a man is this Senor Camas? Oh, kind of dark and heavy set read. Talks with an accent, of course. And he's got eyes that look right through you, if you know what I mean. Got big, shaggy eyebrows, too. Oh, by the way, Axford, what was the effect of the gas on that chauffeur, do you know? Yeah, Sarge mentioned that, Reed. Said the chauffeur must have got just a slight whiff of the stuff. He wasn't out at all, like most of the people the haunted gases. He just couldn't see and coughed a lot. But he stayed conscious and hailed a passing car a short time after the haunted left. Well, maybe the haunted used tear gas on him this time. Could be, Miss Case. Where does the chauffeur stay, Axford, you know? Uh, Sarge says he has a room at the consulate garage. I see. He's lucky the Hornet didn't kill him, too. Yes. Almost looks as though the disguised killer wanted to leave a witness. Well, that chauffeur's a witness to the fact that it was the Hornet who did it. I suppose the police will leave a guard with the chauffeur so the Hornet can't get to him. Nope. Sarge says if the Hornet wanted to kill that guy, he'd have done it then and there instead of just gassing him. That seems logical, Axford. Sure. That's the way I look at it, too. You better go to the city room to see Gunnigan, Axford. He's been waiting for you to come back. Okay, Casey. See you both later. Well, I guess Axford's interview was a waste of time, wasn't it? Oh, I wouldn't say that, Miss Case. Sometimes seemingly insignificant conversations can lead to startling headlines in this business. You never can tell. It was dusk when Britt Reed left the Sentinel building and went to his apartment where Quito, his faithful Filipino valet, was waiting. Well, you look serious, like something on mine, perhaps. <laughs> Are you kidding? After what happened last night, why shouldn't I be serious, Cato? Oh, I mean you have looked like Green Hornet thinking of plan to turn tables on imposter. Cato, you're familiar with those gas pens, aren't you? You know, looks like a fountain pen. Oh, yes, sir. Such pens use small amount of tear gas. I've seen them advertised in magazines. I'd like to know for certain that such a pen was used last night by that killer who posed as the Green Hornet. Also, I'd like to find out if the fact was mentioned that a gas pen was used. Well, how you find out about gas pen, Mr. Britt? The Green Hornet could find out from that chauffeur. Suppose he not notice which kind of gas weapon killer used. Even that fact would answer my question, Cato. Well, then Green Hornet go out in Black Beauty tonight? Yes, right now. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building, which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. 
Swift Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Certainly no police guard? Yes, unless they've changed their minds. Keep your eyes open. Be ready for a quick start. I'll be ready. Good. I'll be back in a few minutes. Britt Reed moved like a shadow toward the small garage. Then he went noiselessly up the outside stairway that led to the room above. Reaching the landing at the top, he stood for a moment listening. Then he knocked on the door. Get inside and be quiet. Hey, what the... Oh, you again? Why do you come here? To talk to you. But if you try any tricks... No, no, don't, don't shoot me. That must be the same gun you used to shoot. Used to do what? To, to, to kill the messenger last night. You don't think this gun shoots gas then, eh? No, no, of course not. Last night you used what looked like a pencil or a pen. So that's what you told the police, eh? No, no, I, I just said I was gassed. I, I didn't mention what you used. It meant nothing. But that gun, don't use it on me. I, I can't harm you. Why should you kill me? I didn't come to kill you, fellow. But a bit of gas will keep you from giving an alarm. Here it is. No. <laughs> now, Cato and I will really go into action. Better get out of here. Is that you, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. You have success, perhaps? Yes. Now, I'm sure a certain party is connected with that killing last night. Well, who you mean? Senor Camas. Camas? Well, he attaché and consulate? Yes. You go over to house and force him to take you to killers? No. From expert description, he's not the type one can bluff or force into anything. Well, what do we do now? His office is just off the hall. I'm going in, locate it, and leave a hornet seal on his desk. Then we'll wait on the black beauty and see what he does. It was a simple matter for Britt Reed to locate Thomas's office just off the hall. And waiting until the coast was clear, he effected an entrance and left a hornet seal. Then he returned to the Black Beauty to watch and wait. It was almost 20 minutes later when Thomas left the conference with the consul and entered his own office. It will soon be time for me to... A seal. A seal of the Green Hornet. He has been in here. Hmm. I know exactly what that Hornet expects me to do. <laughs> I, too, know a lot of tricks. Hello? Sartell? Yeah. Who are you? Thomas. I have just had a visit by the Green Hornet. He left his seal on my desk. Hold on now, my friend. Don't become panicky. I am going to come over there. I'm sure he will be watching and will follow me. Hey, you crazy? We ain't playing ducks with a hornet. Wait, Sartre, wait. Listen. I know what I'm doing. I sincerely hope he does follow me there. It will fit in just right with my plans. Now listen closely. I'll tell you how we'll trap this green hornet. 
from their vantage point in the Black Beauty, parked in the shadows outside the consulate, Britton Cato could see the figure of Carlos at his desk using the telephone. He phoned warning to others, Mr. Britt. He not lead us to them. Well, so then they had no phone at the hideout, Cato. I guess he is phoning someone about finding that seal. Well, maybe he called police. Could be, though I hardly think so. Well, look, he finished phoning. Put on coat and hat. Yeah. Maybe I misjudged that man. What you mean? Well, nothing much, Cato. Get ready to follow him when he comes out. His own car must be parked somewhere along the street. He come out now. He's going toward a car in the driveway. There he goes. Get after him, Cato. to back door of old house. Yes. There's moonlight enough to show the place up for what it is. An old small frame house, probably deserted. So much the better. What you do now? Follow him inside, of course. Before I go, Kato, there's some instructions I want to give you. I'll wait outside until you carry them out. What I have to do? Listen very carefully, and I'll tell you all the details. Inside the house, Carlos had been talking to Sartell and Spike. Carlos, I don't like this. You say you think the hunter followed you here? That is what I think. But you've been here for 20 minutes. If he did follow you here, it'd have been... I say, let's get away from No. I didn't expect the hunter to move hastily. I still feel that he'll come in. We better get ready for him. Now, listen to me. This door leads to the back. That door over there leads to the front of the house. The only window in this room is boarded up, as you see. What about it? What are you driving at? The hunter will come in that back door. I left it unlocked for him. You, Spike, stand against the wall alongside it. Have your gun handy. Okay. You, Sartell, get on the other side. Right. Okay. Now, what are you going to do? I'll stand before the door leading to the front so he cannot go out that way. Anyway, it's locked. He'll see me when he enters, but he will not see you two. Quiet now. We'll trap the hornet. Tie him up. Leave the empty pouch near him. Then phone the police. We'll get away before they come. Oh, I don't like this. I think... Quiet. We'll... The doorknob is turning. Don't move, Thomas. I haven't any intention of moving, Hornet. Lots of nerve, haven't you? Of course. You're pointing one gun at me. There are two pointing at you from behind. But hold it, Hornet. A trap, eh? What do you think, Doc? Close the door, Spike. I see you have a gun too, Thomas. Yes, that makes three guns pointing at you. Rather a droll situation, is it not? Of course, it can be tragic, Senor Hornet. Okay. Now you make the next move. Hmm, it is my pleasure. First, Hornet, hey, we're going. Hey, fire near here. We have no time to go look at fire spikes. Thomas, look. Smoke coming up through the floorboard. Yeah, and under the doors. Hey, this house is on fire. We gotta get out. Wait, hold on. The back door, it's locked. On the outside. The pouch with the papers. Where is it? Under the floor, in that corner. Oh, I... Yeah, I have it. Now we'll... Like a smart guy. Spike, Sartell. Uh, they're too busy trying to get out. Take this big shot. No, that gun. Gas. Yes. You should have known I used a gas gun. Then you wouldn't have said the wrong thing, dope. Oh, we can't get out. This will put you out. Oh. I'll get you to last The last thing you do is run. There's another one. 
Hey. I vote door on the other side. Yes, I thought it was bullet outside. Got the extra mask? It here. Put on our cameras. Leave the pouch with it. We put those smoke filters on our masks. I make smudge wires. One in each hall, one in cellar. Call firemen and police. Yes, and they'll catch us if we don't beat it. Come on. Later in the city room at the Daily Sentinel... Reed, I'm glad you came down to get the news. Yeah, and what news, Chief? Tell him, Sergeant Burke. Well, Mr. Reed, we got the killers of that consulate messenger and found the stolen pouch. That's marvelous, Sergeant. How did you do it? Oh, just one of those things. The Hornet turned the tables on some killers that used his name. Yeah. Got it, Reed. We went to a dump on the waterfront. The fire department was there. Somebody called him. But all they found was some pails with greasy rags burning in them to make a lot of smoke. And when we busted in, we found a guy with a Hornet mask on. I swear to like they went crazy thinking we got the spell paint. Ah, but it turned out to be a minor attaché from the consulate. Camus by name. He's really a spy. Yeah, can you tie that read? Camus was an underground spy after them papers. How did you find that out, Sergeant? All three of them squealed all over the place. They used harnet masks, a seal, and a gas pen when they held up the car for the killing. A gas pen, you say? Yeah, ain't that something? Any dope ought to know the harnet uses a gas gun. But, of course, they did get away with it. Almost. Almost is right, actually. <laughs> I'll bet the Green Hornet's saying about the same thing right now. Huh, Mr. Reed? I wouldn't be surprised, Sergeant. I really wouldn't be surprised. If the Green Hornet were still on the radio today, I imagine it would sound something similar to this. The Green Hairnet! He hunts the biggest of all game, public dandruff that tries to destroy our heritage. With his faithful manicurist Arnold, Brute Road, Dashing Muncie, Indiana playboy hairstylist matches his wit with the underworld, beating the brush for criminals and racketeers and rooting them out with a fine-tooth comb. The green hairnet strikes again! That concludes this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past few minutes. This is Frank Brzee inviting you back again next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.